Welcome to another episode of the Selfishness Project, where we explore the idea of selfishness. Today, I am here with... Micah. Micah. All right, Micah. So I was just walking by, and I saw that you and someone else were very enthusiastically trying to trap a bug. Mm-hmm. I guess she... So she's an entomologist. Yeah. And you help her catch bugs for some project she needs. Yeah. So you're helping her out with some projects she's doing. Does that mean that you are doing a selfless thing, an altruistic thing, by helping her? Which you might think is the opposite of something selfish, right? (laughs) Yeah. So maybe you're doing a good altruistic, uh, selfless deed. Is that how you would think about it? Um, hmm. I want to say, like in my head, when I saw the bug, um, that wasn't the first thing that came to mind. The first thing that came to mind was, oh, I should help out. Like she's my partner. I should help out my partner, um, but maybe in that sense, yes, because you know the classic boyfriend-girlfriend relationship is they're supposed to be selfless for each other. Um, at least that's the narrative. Um, so maybe that played a part into it. Maybe I just wanted to be that quote-unquote good selfless boyfriend. Okay. Now, uh, if you were being the good selfless boyfriend, uh-huh. then I guess you were expecting to get nothing out of it. Otherwise, maybe it would be selfish, but um, let's suppose you didn't help her out with this or with anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be the consequences of that? Would that uh, cause a problem? Oh, I'm think? sure it would, yeah. It, okay. would, it would definitely sour our relationship. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, if I, if I didn't, you know, spot the, spot the bug and didn't help her out, like, you know, our relationship would be sour, but I think it's just a matter of doing... Because... The, the language of, you know, being very selfless, it's it's hard to be selfless, especially with, like, bigger bigger tasks. So I in my head, I think, you know, why not do a series of small selfless deeds that'll eventually add up to just, you know, good feelings and good relationships with people? Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Uh, well, if you, if you think of it like it's adding up to some benefit that you get from it, namely mm-hmm. a good relationship, yeah. then is there a case to be made for calling these little acts mm-hmm. selfish yeah. because they're adding up in some way to benefit yourself. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, you know, I might just be, I might be wrong, but I feel like there's a, there's a negative connotation towards the word selfishness. Mm-hmm. Like often, like I do believe that there is, you know, toxic selfishness where you don't care about anybody. You, you don't consider other people's feelings and you want to cause harm. Um, in my sense, I guess I want to help the people in my life to, yes, benefit like my personal relationship with them, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I don't think negatively of these people. I, I love my beautiful partner over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think, I think the word selfishness gets, selfishness gets a bad rep. Um, but I do understand where that bad rep comes from. Okay, so if selfishness has this negative connotation attached to yeah. it, yet you don't think it's a negative thing to do these little acts that help her out mm-hmm. and then make your your relationship go better, yeah, then then what do we call it? If we're not going to call it selfish because that's bad and you think it's good to do these things, mm-hmm. yeah, then is there some other term that one can use to describe these actions that are benefiting yourself but that we don't want to call selfish? That's a good question. Um, at the, off the top of my mind, I'm not sure what that word might be. Um, I, I think, like objectively, like 
you know, big cloak of or uh, veil of objectivity here. Like, the word selfish doesn't have to be a good or bad thing. It's just often perceived as a bad thing. Like, the metaphors that we use often make it negative. Um, did you have a word in mind? Because I personally did not. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Uh, I don't have – no, I, I don't have a word that I think we definitely should use instead. Uh -huh. uh, maybe maybe selfishness is a good word for it, and we should just remove this negative connotation yeah. that we have attached to it. Um, I guess that's one option, or alternatively, maybe we want to reserve the word selfishness for actions that are somehow benefiting yourself but at the expense of others. Mm -hmm. But if we do that, then it seems like we ought to have some other word yeah. to describe actions which are benefiting you but are not obviously hurting others. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a strange position to be in if um, there's this this sort of action that occurs all the time, yet we don't have a word for it. I think that's one of the many fascinating because I'm um, my major is science and technology studies with a minor in anthropology and something that I've really been like diving into recently is the idea of like metaphors and how we speak with biases like with the words that we use like with the word selfishness you inherently think it's a bad thing um, and sometimes there's those those words like we're talking about right now the the good selfishness quote-unquote like that's the best way I could describe it Mm -hmm. Often in scientific papers, um, like I was reading one recently, how it describes a bacteria crawling on a surface. And they put crawling in quotations because I feel like that was the best word that they could use with the scare quotes. So mm -hmm. I feel like in this situation, the best thing I could describe that, that good selfishness is simply just the good selfishness. Okay, welcome back to <laughs> the same episode, part two. So off camera, I was talking to Micah a bit, and he brought up this interesting point uh, about different views of selfishness between Chinese or Asian cultures on the one hand and American culture on the other. And I was interested in that, so I wanted to talk to him about it, about that. Mm -hmm. um, this actually came up in a previous interview. Mm. I was talking to someone about going to school and whether that was a selfish thing. And she said, yeah, it's a selfish thing. But then I pointed out to her that I, as a graduate student, have had many students when I've been a TA and I've, I've talked to them. And often um, students will, t will t be talking about their major and they'll say they're majoring. They choose the major they, they want because of what their parents mm -hmm. have told them to choose. And yeah. it's, it's often Asian students who tell me this. Yeah. So it seems like th there might be something in the Asian tradition or culture where you have some kind of deference to the parents, what their wishes are, uh, more so than in the American culture. Um, but maybe you have some more insight on that, uh, maybe coming from that tradition or knowing more about it yeah. than, than I do. So I'd be interested to hear any yeah, thoughts you have for, about that. Sure. Yeah, I, I'll just give like a little background on like my, I guess, experience with this type of culture. Um, my, I'm like fifth, fourth, fifth generation. I'm very, quote unquote, Americanized. My parents were born and raised in America. Um, but my partner, my countless friends throughout my lives, I've, they're like first generation, second generation, um, students. And I've like interacted with them and their families. And to the point of your major, the, like the, the, um, the choice of major, it's, it's often a point of debate. Cause you know, there's that joke like, oh, you go to school to be a doctor, you go to school to be a lawyer. Um, and many students do go in as those things, but I really feel like, like college 
changes the student and makes them more independent because you're physically, you know, going like being removed from your like strict parents and your um, con or controlling parents, I guess, to a more open environment, which allows the student to become a lot more independent. Um, and I've seen cases where, you know, students come home and their parents say, what did college do to you? Like, but in, mm -hmm. in, in a more, I guess, uh, simple term, like college made them more free thinking um, and perhaps more selfish because in a lot of traditional Chinese cultures, you think about the family, you think about what your decisions are going to do for your brother, your sister, your grandparents, and pursuing college for what you want could be understood as a selfish act because if you're not a doctor, if you're not a lawyer, you're not bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars to support your family. Say you want to be do something in the arts, be a dancer, be a writer. Mm -hmm. Those things are seen as not making as much money, which would then harm, you know, the mother, the father, the grandparents. So I think in that sense, that's why, at least with education and majors, um, why traditional Asian uh, parents look down upon um, students, you know, picking their majors. Um, mm -hmm. But to, to qualify that, though, I a lot of my friends and family, or not family, probably my friends, they do have understanding parents. Mm -hmm. um, but there is there does appear to be this trend among Asian American students in the university. Okay, so in your own case, you said you're fourth, fifth generation. Yeah. So did you pretty much choose your major, whatever you felt like, or I mean, you don't have to answer if you don't want, or did yeah. you like factor in uh, what your your family, mm -hmm. what did you, wanted you to do if they did have a preference? Yeah. Um, you want to say anything about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I came into UC Davis as a environmental policy analysis and planning major. Um, and then I moved to chemistry, then to English, and then now to science and technology studies. Um, so I've chosen a lot of majors and I've had this flexibility because my parents have supported me mm -hmm. and maybe that they can, they always say, just pursue what makes you happy. Money can come later. Um, they're very loving and supporting for that. And I thank them for that. So mom and daddy for watching at home. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I think the reason why I went into, first of all, STEM, like environmental science and chemistry, is because I had this pressure from high school um, to go into STEM because there's all the money is in STEM. Because um, I went to a public school and it was just the STEM, STEM, STEM. Um, so yeah, I'd say my, my major and class choices were a result of uh, pressures from high school and funding rather than um, my parents. Gotcha. Yeah, they, they wanted me to be quote unquote again selfish as selfish as I could to pursue what I wanted to what I what I wanted to to make me happy okay so one other thing I want to ask is yeah. do you know where this tradition came from of deference to the parents does that go back to Confucianism mm -hmm. or some other uh, philosophical tradition in China mm -hmm. do you know where it comes from I do not um because, I mean, personally, I can't talk of that because, yeah, my, my parents, they gave me a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. um, I've spoken with my partner and she and her, her and her family practice Buddhism. Mm -hmm. um, so it may stem from that, but I can't see that happening. Buddhism is a very, like, loving re religion. Um, 
So yeah, I'm not sure where that uh, that pressure would come from. I think that's a good question. All right, maybe we'll figure that out on another episode. Yeah, when sounds good. It can be a, a quest to find yeah. that out. Okay. Well, thanks for doing the addendum. Yeah, of course. Appendix.